We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the Knicks are going to get their first back-to-back win since October. As they have a jump ball with 1.4 remaining. Big smile from Kevin Walker. And this one's got to feel feel pretty good because it wasn't the prettiest. It was one of those games, Wally, where they didn't play particularly well, yet still got a victory on the road. And these are the type of games you need to win. In the Eastern Conference, there's so much pressure to win these type of games when other teams are undermanned. And I give the Knicks credit. They didn't have their A game, to your point. It didn't come easy. Patrick Beverly was trying everything to get under their skin, but a win's a win in this league, Mike. And Tom Thibodeau loves a win in Minnesota, where he coached for two and a half years. Patrick Beverly lets it all go and the final buzzer goes this time as the Knicks get that victory and Mitchell Robinson leading the way Robinson 14 points a season high 18 rebounds some terrific defense as the Knicks hold Minnesota to 88 points on 40% shooting and just 7 of 38 from three-point range okay they all count the same in the standings, right? Right? I think that's what they say. Is that what they say? I hope that's what they say. I don't know. Um, this was, uh, oh boy, an ugly, 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 one more time, ugly win for the Knicks. Um, give credit to Minnesota. Um, again, this is a team that last night, first of all, they played last night, so even more impressive uh, given that they are on the second night of a back-to-back, although they're home. So it's, you know, and these are young guys who haven't played a lot this, uh, this year. So if anybody should be kind of okay for the second night of a back-to-back um, it's the Timberwolves uh, give credit to them. They, they beat the Celtics last night, Celtics team missing Jason Tatum, obviously, and a few other pieces, but um, go, go read any uh, Celtics blog from today. And it'll tell you how uh, Boston, uh, was dealing with that loss. So uh, we do not have to have that sort of uh, apoplectic postgame. Um, you know, look, even with the season the Knicks have had, which is to say not a good one, um, it feels a little disingenuous to say that the Knicks are not above any win, no matter how it comes or how they play or who it's against, it feels a little disingenuous because, again, this is still a team that had Kemba Walker on the floor, fresh off of his Eastern Conference Player of the of the Week award, 
Still had Julius Randle, MVP candidate last year. Still had R.J. Barrett, who, you know, uh, fourth quarter aside, and we'll talk about his fourth quarter, once upon a time had a lot of people very excited about his his uh, long-term uh, prospects. You know, Evan Fournier, top free agents. Like, you, you even after all that we've seen, you, you, you it, it feels like, come on, we're really going to sit here and say, like, oh, no win is too good for the Knicks. Like, they should have come in here, and, and I don't care how they've played this year. They should have come in here, and, and especially with how Minnesota shot. They should have come in here and won this game by 20. They didn't. Is it something to be worried about? Is it something to be concerned about? Well, that's probably dependent on your outlook for this team from here on in this season and, and what your aspirations are for what this Knicks team can do for the rest of this season and what their ceiling is and probably more importantly what their ceiling is not. At the end of the day, um, I think most Nick fans at this point, certainly me, just want to have a good season to watch, um, a competitive season, uh, a season where, you know, it, you know, whatever it was, eight of ten losses aside, I, I don't think this team is going the tanking route. I don't think this team can go the tanking route. Um, I don't even know what the tank route would look like because I think a lot of us would want them to play the kids and think they would play better if they played the kids. But we'll, we'll again, we'll get into that. Um, but like, look, they're gonna they're gonna try to make a go of this thing, and why shouldn't they? Because as of right now, um, literally this exact second, I want to say that they are a game and a half back of sixth place in the Eastern Conference. Hold on, I'm getting updated standings as we speak because I know Toronto lost tonight. Uh, Philly won tonight. Washington lost tonight. Yeah, they're two games back of sixth. Um, they're tied with Boston for ninth. They're a game back of Washington for seventh that, or for, for eighth. That fucking Wizards lost last week still eats at me. You know, the Hornets are a game over 500. So it's like they're in that group. They're a half game now ahead of Atlanta, Toronto. They're two games ahead of Indiana. It's that big bunch. The point is they are they can they can credibly sit here and and tell themselves, look, we play pretty well the rest of the season. We could have a home playoff game as the seventh seed in the East. That's not crazy. Um, you know, or even, you know, a game is the eighth seed. And then if you lose that, you get a home game for the, for the other match, whatever. It's like, it's worth going for at this point. Maybe it changes in a few weeks. Um, so that's like a lot of the big picture stuff. I, I just kind of wanted to set the tone for this win. Um, because again, bad win, but a win is a win. And for this team right now, you take, you take any win. You take any win you can get. Um, as far as the stories of the night, pretty simple. It's Mitchell Robinson. Um, Mitchell Robinson for like it, I've had I you know for anybody who's a newsletter subscriber, I do the stars of the game. Most of the time, the stars of the game are pretty tough because <laughs> there's usually like two or three Knicks that play well. Um, there's never. Very rarely more than two or three Knicks that play well, but there's always two or three Knicks that at least make me think about who's going to get that top star. Tonight is going to be, or today for tomorrow, is going to be one of the easier calls of the season. Um, I don't even, like, I guess you'd say Quentin Grimes is the second best player tonight because his his shooting and his his quick trigger kind of, change, not changed the game, but, like, definitely helped their effort in the second quarter, although he went cold, ended up only going three of nine from deep. I thought quickly played a really nice game, but only played 15 minutes. 
um, because Tibbs clearly trusted Kemba Walker. Maybe that has a little bit to do with the fact that quickly he's just coming off protocols from how Tibbs sounded pregame. Uh, we weren't even sure we were going to see Kemba Walker tonight. Um, so maybe that's why, again, he only played 15. I thought he looked pretty good, but like, you, you know, you, how much credit do you want to give RJ Barrett for the, uh, the fourth quarter in which he kind of pulled it together again, the Knicks, uh, Obi Toppin played some nice minutes, but then made some mistakes that got him, uh, pulled there in the fourth quarter. We'll talk about that. Um, you know, but it's Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson was by far and away the best player, changed the game. Um, obviously 18 rebounds, I believe. How many of those were six were in the offensive glass. Um, I just tweeted it out a few minutes ago. This is the first time Mitch has led the Knicks in scoring in uh, almost two seasons. And it's the lowest point total they've had to lead them in scoring since the great Willie Hernan Gomez in the beginning of the 2017-18 season, who also did so with with 14 points. Um, So all that's good stuff. And apparently after the game, um, Mitchell Robinson said in the post-game interview, he has a sprained wrist, but it ain't nothing major. I hope it's nothing major because, man, where would they be without him um, with stuff like this? Um, there's a lot of not-so-great stuff to talk about after this game. Uh, Julius Randle was uh, terrible. Uh, you know, he snatched some decent rebounds, but for every good rebound he snatched uh, or two good rebounds he snatched, there was a play where he just was completely out of position either on the uh, – usually on the defensive glass or obviously tons of tons of stuff on the defensive end of the floor that just makes you absolutely shake your head for Randall tonight. Um, and five for 20 is five for 20. Uh, Barrett looked like a lost soul for three quarters, came back around in the fourth. Fournier, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Got worked up over 13 points on 14 shots? Sorry, not getting that from me. And then Kemba, I mean, you know, this is where the Knicks have gotten already, where from being out of the rotation to they don't know what to do when a team traps him high. And that's, you know, that's the simple truth of it is right now, the rest of the starting lineup, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of good there right now between Fournier, Randall, and, and RJ if they're not hitting shots and they weren't hitting shots tonight. Um, so when they trapped Kemba and then when they, they threw the zone at it, the Knicks couldn't really couldn't really take advantage of that um, because, again, the starting lineup wasn't hitting shots. And really, at the end of the day, the whole team wasn't really hitting shots. Um, quickly, two for four. Burks, two for two from deep. Top in one for one from deep. Nobody else shot well uh, or worth a day. Um, rest of the bench was good. You know, Burks, good minutes. Top, uh, Gibson, good minutes. I'm sure Toppin will come up later, so I'll save thoughts on him. But, like, you know – you see what again? It's Tibbs is just—he's such a process guy. Like, did did Obi Toppin play as good of a game or play a better game than Julius Randle tonight? Absolutely. In his role, he was much better. But then he does stuff that just—I guess—Tibbs can't deal with. Uh, meanwhile, Randle gets a pass. Why does Randle get a pass? It's because he has more responsibility. Is because he's a veteran leader. Because he's older. Because he has more to do on the offensive end. Um, because he's conserving energy. And Tibbs is like, I'm not going to give you shit. I don't know. It's infuriating, though. It is infuriating. And if, if, if you're infuriated by it, it's totally fine. All right. Let's get to the um, yeah veteran leader right now. It is kind of laughable at this point. Quote, unquote, big air quote energy here. Veteran leader. 
Um, all right. Richie Martinez gets our first comment of the night. Not Super Chat. Signing Benji Ridholtz is the GM move of the year. Yes, I completely agree. All right. On that note, let's get to the Super Chats. I know we have a lot of them. Um, so let's get to it. Kevin Danishevsky, good to see you again, Kev. Thanks for the contribution as always. Mitch played beautifully, if nothing else. He upped his trade value. I, I, I'm, again, I, I really, I want, I would love for Mitch to stick around. I'm not trying, I'm not dying to trade Mitch. There are, there are other Knicks that I would chip out of town before Mitchell Robinson. I'll just say that. Uh, Grimes continues to be awesome even when he misses. Yeah, I think he's just a threat out there. And uh, tired of the double standard for Obi Randall. 10 minutes because of two plays equals bad. Yeah. Um, you know, Tibbs continues to 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 go with what he knows. And what he knows, it seems, is the Randall from last year. And he wants to continue to trust that that guy is going to come back and uh, hasn't really come back. Um, but, you know, still can draw attention of a defense. He could still kind of do stuff, but it's, it's, it's really tough to not be in pain over top and playing 11 minutes, Randall playing 38 and, uh, you know, seeing what we saw from those two players, uh, respectively, uh, Tyler Michaels, a win is a win, but man, the Knicks defense was awful tonight. Yeah, I agree with that actually. Can't believe Minnesota only had uh, 88 points. Nice to be playing a G League squad, I guess. Yeah, I didn't think the defense was good. I thought the backups were good on, on defense for the most part. I thought Mitchell Robinson was really good on defense. I think you want to key in on – I mean, let's just say like it is. Julius Randle had some really, really awful defensive moments. Um, Fournier had some bad defensive moments. Um, those were the two that, that stuck out. Um, but those have been the two that stick out all year, right? Um, where it's just kind of a lack of urgency or there's no box out or and, and, and Kemba too. Let's let's call a spade a spade. Kemba's been great on offense since he came back. His defense has been has been fine. He has some nice moments on defense. He also has moments on defense where there's confusion or you know, he just gets kind of taken advantage of. Um RJ, I didn't I'm sure there were a few moments for him too. I didn't I none come to mind at the moment, but um yeah, it's just the starting unit defense is just it's just it's just bad. Varunsky's take. Thank you for the contribution, my man. Appreciate it. Uh, Brian Benjamin, which is worse, Julius Schatz or Tibbs minutes distribution? I mean, again, I, I'm giving a pass on the quickly 15 minutes. Also, again, quickly only played 15 minutes because um, Kemba Walker played 33. Kemba Walker's coming off being named literally one of the two best players in the sport. So I'm not, you know, and he did hit some big threes in this game. Walker, he was three of 11 overall, but three of seven from deep. Um, I'm not going to give tip shit for that. I mean, when you're talking about the minutes distribution, it, you're talking about it's just Randall and Obi, And like, that's, that is one very, 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 very small aspect of, of coaching. And it's the minutes distribution that we're talking about between two players. I just, it pisses me off, and it, it, if it pisses you off, it's fine. Um, I just, for me, it's like I acknowledge that it's annoying, and then I'm ready to move on. I don't think it makes Tibbs a bad coach. I don't think it makes him incompetent or that he's like doesn't know. What he, it's just like I get why he's doing it um, because he wants to get Randall going. Is it a bit of a double standard? Sure. 
Um, is that altering, you know, team chemistry or locker room morale or whatever? I, I don't, I don't know. I have to think most of the guys in the locker room still believe in Julius Randle pretty, pretty uniformly, but who knows? Who knows? Um, CT Pittman, I respect Tibbs, but he has to give Obi a longer leash. How did I know that? The OB, the OB, of all the stuff, of all the stuff to go, it's not even that Julius played bad. It's that, it's that Tibbs has, plays Randall too many minutes. It's, it's so funny though, in general, how, and I know this is coming from me, so this is not fair because I, I skew unapologetically so, so far towards one side of this discussion, but it is always interesting how the conversation often comes down to, it's the coach's fault for leaving in the player as opposed to the player for sucking. Like Julius Randle had a horrible fucking game, terrible game, awful game, awful game in every respect. Um, I'm, I, to me that he, he should get the primary brunt of the, the criticism, but you know, what do I know? Um, Julius turns the ball over. Tibbs is unfazed. Obi turns it over. Tibbs is irate and benches him. Um, yeah, I get it. It's, it's just like, it's a process issue for Tibbs. I think it's a process issue for a lot of people here and in, uh, Nick's, Nick's nation, as it were, uh, Harry donor, did Kemba become less aggressive or is that a product of the zone seem like a different player? Um, I think it was probably a little column, a, a little column B. Um, I definitely, the zone definitely threw things off and like this team, again, I, I haven't, I don't, have the updated actually I could probably look it up right now like I know after the first five games of the season they were number two or maybe after the first six games of the season they were number two in effective field goal percentage on the year um and they now rank 22nd and I'm pretty sure after the first six, five or six games they're now like 24th or 25th like this isn't a great shooting team so the zone should still work against them. And um, I just don't think they have a lot of guys who are comfortable against the zone. And the two guys they have are, who are comfortable against, against the zone quickly and Grimes. Grimes obviously fired it away a ton, which is good. Um, and you need to do that. Otherwise, teams are just going to keep keep daring you to beat them with the zone. And quickly, again, only played 15 minutes, two or four from deep. So, um, But they need better shooting. Um, RJ Barrett going more than one. Like your starting wings, RJ went one of four from deep. Fournier went three of seven. Okay, three of seven's fine. Um, yeah, you just got to be better. Randall one of five. Um, Aussie Knicks fan, getting sick of the way Tibbs treats OB on mistakes versus players like Randall. Well, it's not players like Randall, it's Randall. Um, only 10 minutes and 30 seconds tonight is a disgrace. You don't learn not to repeat your mistakes from the bench. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody else feels this way and I'm the only one who is, again, I said I was disgusted by it and I'm, I I don't agree with it. I don't love it, but I guess I'm just, it's, it's one aspect of coaching that seems to just get everybody like, you know, I don't know. The Knicks won a game in which they weren't hitting shots at all. Like nobody can hit a shot. And I think they won the game because their process tonight was pretty sound. I thought, again, their offense, like they weren't hitting shots. Their process on offense was great. Their process on offense, I think, has been really sound since since Kemba came back. And they've had a real point guard. I thought on defense, the execution was pretty poor. 
But again, I think they defended the the Timberwolves the way you have to defend this Timberwolves team. Like all of that stuff kind of matters to coaching as well. Um, you know, effort, I think matters. I think, you know, Randall obviously had a couple moments where he just decided to stop playing. You know, there were three or four of those. Um, by and large, I thought the effort tonight was really great from the Knicks. Um, couple moments they fell asleep back door. Again, a couple of those moments from Randall. But it's like your team, like the team comes out, team plays hard, team has a process on offense, just don't, doesn't make shots. Team has a, a game plan on defense. Um, I, I, I just have a lot of trouble putting the coach on a crucifix based on this one thing. And I, I, I get it. It's where it's, I, I get why it is this, this way, but I, I just, that's, that's not the way I, it's not my jam. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why is zone defense the hardest thing for the Knicks to break because of the shooting? Um, it's kind of hilarious to watch. I hope Kemba sits tomorrow so we can watch Deuce. Man, how the mighty have fallen coming off player of the week. Um, I mean, whatever. I would like to watch Deuce too. I can't wait to watch Deuce. I love Deuce. Um, I do not think the team would be better off without Kemba Walker. I think the team is better with Kemba Walker. Um, Aussie Knicks fans back for another one. P.S. I fear my next water bill. I spent the first half hosing myself down from the hot start by Grimes. 
it's creative. Uh, I love the game from OBIQ and Grimes today. Yeah, all the kids are great. We love the kids. Kids are kids are kids have been great all year. Um, they get to go out and play loosey goosey, usually against backups. Um, and it the, the results speak for themselves. It's it's been a lot of fun, and this front office knows how to draft, so that's good. Uh, Rob. Talusma, Talusma, Talusma. Mitch is becoming a bully right before our eyes. Yeah, I mean, I think this was a good matchup for him, especially with how the Wolves were defending the Knicks. I think that was a, a big part of it. Um, but yeah, he has to be like his physicality and what he's able to bring physically on both sides of the ball. That is his strength. His strength is certainly not his skill on offense. He has no skill on offense. He can't. He can barely catch the ball. Um, you know, and, and obviously we've seen at times this year, his difficulties moving in space. So I, I'm like, I'm, I kind of expect this from him and he should become a bully in these situations. That that's his path to becoming a top 15 center in the league is to, to absolutely own the corner, the, that corner of the block, right? You have to own it because he's not good enough at anything else to make up for not owning his corner. Um, maybe he gets there. If he keeps playing like this, then yeah, we we could put him into that conversation. Um, Varunsky's take. Love to see our fluid ball movement this game, even if it wasn't Kemba-centric on offense. I feel more confident of Julius to willingly defer to the guards to initiate. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Julius took 20 shots, which had been a magic number for him. wasn't a magic number tonight. Um, I... Thought he was a somewhat willing passer at times. Uh, not really, <laughs> you know. But by and large, I thought the ball movement was good. Guys were just missing. Uh, so I, I agree with that. Um, Dzilla, how, when does RJ get right? Uh, hold on. I got to scroll back up here. Um, he doesn't have his teammates' trust. I actually would argue that he does have his his teammates. I know that there's, they don't always kick out to him, but I'm not sure I'd kick out to him either the way he's, he's been shooting. I think they still believe in him long-term. I just think they recognize maybe he's, he's in a bit of a slump right now. Um, but then he seems to be forcing it, which leads to awkward shots and penetration attempts. I thought his penetration attempts got better, much better in the fourth quarter. I did. I, in the first half, it's just like a guy who has no confidence in himself or a guy who is still working his way out back from being out for let's also remember RJ was out for over 10 days. He was out for almost two weeks. Um, and this is his second game back. He was rusty starts to put it together in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm not going to kill RJ tonight. You know, um, he hasn't been good this year. And I, I do want to say though, I was thinking about it. Um, the, uh, I think it was on, maybe it was on Christmas that, there were some Knicks that were, I guess, like questioned the whether, you know, Kemba being benched showed like a process that was not that was favorable to certain players and unfavorable to others. With the clear implication being like Kemba wasn't the guy who should have gotten benched. Maybe somebody else should have gotten benched, if anyone. I have to wonder, is that is that was that a basically a shot at RJ? Because RJ, as, as we talked about on here, um, for the better part of a month, over a month, the, the Barrett was arguably the worst shooter in the league amongst high volume guys. Um, never got benched. I think it's because he's the third pick in the draft and he's the face of the franchise and he's on, you know, magazine covers and whatever else. Um, 
and they're trying to keep his trade value high. And it's like if you if you bench RJ Barrett, that's like the first red flag I think to the rest of the league that like, oh wait a minute, do the Knicks do the Knicks not are they not all in on RJ Barrett as like part of their core or whatever? And then you could take his trade value and throw it into the trash. And I do think this is so much about his trade value. Um, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Manny Campos. Not sure we can have a bad win, but this was terrible. That's fair. Obi at 10 minutes is a joke when Drew was awful. Um, and I'm out on RJ. I don't care about the fourth quarter. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, Lunas and Marat, RJ's a rhythm guy. 10 days off hurts. He tweeted about it. I d- actually, yeah, I think I r- recall that he doesn't tweet a lot because uh, I have him on notifications and you hardly ever get him. Um, yeah, I think I recall the tweet you're talking about. I'm, I'm fine with saying with saying that. I, I, I think the month and a half that he was like really bad was, or whatever, month to month and a half was concerning. I will happily wait to judge RJ's season until the end of this year. I want to see where he is at the end of year three. And then we could really have a real conversation. Brian Benjamin, Tibbs is a bad coach. He played Randall 38 minutes. Yeah, Tibbs is a bad coach, I guess. Okay. Uh, man, you guys have a short memory. A lot of – I'm not going to go on another rant, but, like, just, again, look at some of the coaches that have been here. Uh, Jeremy E., RJ clearly is still adjusting from missing time. He also had a stomach flu for two and a half weeks previously. Give the kid a break. He will get going. Yeah, I'm fine to give him a break. Um, uh, Antonio Mano, if Obi requests a trade, I want out. Uh, Evan B. I don't know what this is. Evan B. Bad at the moment at at him. Even B. Even B. I oh, if Obi requests a trade, I wouldn't even be mad at him. Okay. Um, I don't think second-year players uh, request trades. It's amazing to me how, how pissed off people are. It is It is just – I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's just – it's interesting to me. Um, Javier Montalvo, John, you can't be credible if you can't acknowledge the poor execution on Tibbs' part this year. Uh, Grimes, Deuce, Obi, IQ, Kemba have all been mismanaged. I mean, I guess I'm not credible then. You should probably go watch. I mean, there's other people who do this shit. Um, go watch one of them. Um, I guarantee you, if you go tune on, turn on fucking any of these other yahoos that do this, uh, it's all Tibbs is terrible. Tibbs had Tibbs only play Obi 10 minutes. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I come on here and I, I talk about what I talk about and I say what's on my mind. There are some nights that I guarantee you most people vehemently disagree with me, and tonight's one of those nights. Um, again, I said what I said initially, which is that I don't think it's fair or right, but that's that's my opinion opinion from the sidelines. I'm not I'm not in the trenches. I'm not in the locker room. I don't have any of the concerns or or things that Tibbs has to deal with. <laughs> Putting aside the fact that. You know, again, this is – we have no idea what else is going into this decision. Um, it's Obi's second game back, right, from um, from protocols or third game back or whatever. We don't know where his conditioning is. Um, there's other stuff at play, behind-the-scenes stuff at play that we are not privy to and we will never be privy to. Um, 
And but most importantly, even just putting all that unknown stuff aside, the Knicks are nothing if they cannot get Julius Randle going. They're in no man's land. They have to get this player going. Tibbs, it is on Tibbs to get this player going. He tried to get that player going, Julius Randle, by sitting Kemba and starting Burks. It did not work. The last four games, Julius has started to get going, or at least the last two games before this one, Julius started to get going, um, especially on Christmas, with Kemba. And now tonight, Julius had another bad game, and he had some egregiously bad moments on defense like he has had all year. And he was just bad on offense. He missed shots. Uh, How many turnovers did he have? He had four turnovers to two assists. He was bad. He was a bad player. But I've never coached basketball, but I would imagine that a very easy way to lose your locker room is to go and make decisions on a game-to-game basis. That's my my guess. That's my guess. Um, I, 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 we are all mad about the same thing. I, I just want to acknowledge that we're all mad about the same thing. But, but I, I, again, I draw the line where it's like this guy doesn't know what he's doing because we have that luxury to sit here and say that from our vantage point, you know. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to kill the guy and say he's become a bad coach all of a sudden because of this one thing that people get hung up on. Me being one of them. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Uh, again, lots of people I'm sure are killing Tibbs right now. So go, go, uh, go, go check out all those, all those. Um, Daniel Chang. Okay, Macri, super early question. What position are we targeting for the draft this year? Assuming we have a mid first round pick. I have no idea. I have any, I couldn't tell you 15 players in this draft. Um, so I, I have no idea in terms of position. God. I mean, you know, I don't know what deuce is going to be, but it'd be cool if they got, um, I wouldn't mind them drafting a point guard. You know, Rose is old. Kemba's old. Quickly, I think they like him more at the two or as a combo. Um, Or just get another one of these, like, get another Grimes type. Get another athletic wing who could defend and fire away and the whole thing. Um, Great film stuff. He'll never see uh, Obi's potential while Randall's here. Uh, Grimes is playing important fourth quarter minutes. It's great to see, and I think Mitch is back. The inconsistency of Randall kills me. Yeah, it kills me too. It's it's infuriating. He should have dominated the Wolves front court. Yeah, it's he was terrible. Uh, Matt Smith, what type of contract is RJ looking at right now? Five for eighty? Question mark. Oh boy, what contract is RJ looking at right now? He's not signing that this summer. Um, I don't even know how to answer that question. I mean, based on how he's played this year, I. Based on how he's played this year, I don't even know if he's – I mean, he's, he's worth that. He's worth five for 80, I think. Um, he wouldn't settle. He wouldn't sign that. Like, he, R.J. Barrett's not signing a contract that's not nine figures. I'll tell you that much. Um, and I don't know if the Knicks are going to – I mean, 
that's going to be a really interesting contract negotiation, which will start this summer. So um, buckle up. Um, Kenny Rose, who sits when Deuce comes back Thursday? He and Grimes must play. The leash is getting shorter with Barrett, too. Yeah, I think Deuce sits. Um, pretty simple for me. I I, I think he sits. Uh, I, Grimes isn't going anywhere. Can't bench Fournier because of the contract. Can't, can't bench RJ because of, you know, reasons. Um, Burks has been – you could argue that Burks has been their best player this year. Um, who am I forgetting? Quickly, why would you want to sit quickly? Like, you know, who are you going to sit? Um, going to sit Kemba. You know, it's, it's Deuce. Kevin Danishevsky, John, I want to give you credit. Even if I g- disagree with your Tibbs defenses, I respect your argument. Oh, I appreciate that. I don't even know if it's a good argument. It's because I can't formulate it. That's the thing is you can't formulate a solid argument because Randall has been so bad. And on on its face, it's, it's a losing argument, the one that I'm trying to make, which is that Tibbs deserves some defense of his action for leaving in a bad player over a, a player who, by and large, is performing better. And, you know, makes mistakes, but they're, you want him to be able to play through those mistakes. And Randall's mistakes are arguably more egregious. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a good argument by me. My argument isn't about, isn't about the based on what we're seeing. My argument is about the things that we're not seeing and the things that we don't know. Um, different than the rest of Nick's Twitter, I respect it. Yeah, well, I've never got in this to win any popularity contests, I'll tell you that. Um, do, do, do. Okay, we got Haitian Ferg. Tibbs is clearly sold on making Kemba and Julius work. I would agree with that. We're not making the playoffs without Julius. I would agree with that. Anger and frustration is really misdirected. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not, but again, the difference between tonight and some other nights is I'm not going to begrudge anybody for being mad or frustrated. I just, I feel bad because I, I just feel differently. And I hate, I don't like being disagreeable. I don't like disagreeing with people. It's why I'm not a lawyer anymore more than anything else. Um, I'm a friendly guy. I like to agree. Uh, overratedness. RJ will never be what he can be being an off ball fourth option. This is a good, I, I'm curious to dig into this. He was a playmaker in college and high school. Some other team will realize his mismanagement and by low, the Knicks will look dumb again. Um, maybe. Um, I think you know, I think there is something to being a star in your role. And I do not think that Tib, uh, that uh, RJ has always been able to be a star in his role. You know, I think other players, other young players who get the benefit of the doubt and get to play through things and get featured more on offense – show more skill than RJ has shown throughout his career. They, they give you flashes where it's like, Oh shit. Well, he's not great right now, but we, we want to, we, we want to get to the end of that finish line. I think with RJ, they gave him all he could handle year one, albeit in an absolute atrocious environment for development year two usage. The usage actually went up a little bit, but the, there were other mouths to feed or whatever. Um, and he adjusted to it well. And now there's even more mouths to feed. Maybe that's why he's adjusting to it less well. 
I don't know. I think it'd be really interesting to see how his development would track on a team where he got featured a lot more. I think it's a fair comment. I don't, I don't know if I agree with it, but I think it's a fair comment. Mark Sable, you will always be my favorite Yahoo. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I hope you're doing well, by the way. And it was good seeing you at the event a couple, uh, whatever it was, a month ago. Seriously, appreciate you and your honesty. Wishing you and your family a healthy and happy new year. Yes, uh, same to you, Mark, and happy and healthy new year to everybody um, out there. Hopefully the next year is better than the fucking last, the year that we had and the year before that. <laughs> I don't know if it feels like it is, but, uh, you know. Could, we could keep our fingers crossed, right? Can't we? Uh, buzzer beater. Grimes was on the floor late in the fourth quarter and closed the game. Is Tibbs finally recognizing him? Will he replace Evan or RJ as a starter? Go Knicks. I don't know. I wouldn't. I I, I don't put anything past Tibbs. Um, just so your your uh, comment, uh, Andrew. Deep breath for the next few comments. <laughs> I, I I I missed that. Um. um Here's the thing I will say about Tibbs for, for as much as we it, it, obviously the OB thing and the, and the Randall thing is its own kind of conversation. He played quickly, you know, 20 minutes a game last year. He's played quickly. He was playing quickly almost 30 minutes a night in the 10 games prior to quickly going out into protocols. He's clearly playing Grimes a bunch now. Like I, I think that's why I think the narrative that like oh Tibbs is never going to play a young player because he relies on his best. I think this is really, and I don't even think this is about Obi. I really do think this is a Julius Randall issue, and I do think it is political, and I do think it is basketball related about trying to get the guy going and all that stuff. Um, we'll see if it works. Is he going to replace Evan or RJ? I would bet against it. Um, but again, nothing would shock me. CT Pittman, what can the starting unit do to more effective, more effectively against the zone? Um, make shots because um, it's a copycat league and they'll keep using it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, other than make shots. So here's the tough part, I think, with the zone for the Knicks. The shooting is not always there. And the one thing that Mitchell Robinson can't do, and we saw it a few times tonight, RJ tried to get a pass in there to him on uh, a drive, fumbled it out of bounds. There was at least one other moment where where Mitch um, was not able to corral a pass to him. Um, we talked about this on the pod, me and Benji, for, for today's podcast, about this is the one thing that he just is not great at. Like, that's a bad combination. When you don't have knockdown shooters and when you don't um, – have a center who can make a play. Uh, and, and I think in particular, when we saw the zone and, and when we saw both the zone and the traps, what was working was like, again, who was the guy that was often left taking the shot uncontested was RJ. And RJ wasn't making those looks or was hesitant, didn't fire away. I think it comes down to quick decisions and just, if you're open, you got to shoot it. <laughs> And hopefully make it. Um, but quicker decisions. And, and, and then I'll, I'll throw some more blame on uh, – I'll throw some more blame on um, on Julius. The I thought Julius at times made good quick decisions tonight. At other times he meanders. And it's it's not good. And it, it, it that doesn't help against his own. So just – I don't think there's a – I don't think there's a – like if, you know, a magic elixir that like they're – they could be doing right now, but they're not doing. I think it's just about being better. 
The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zin for a spin. Zin nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Leo GM, I'm hyped for this win. Oh, I'm happy someone's hyped for this win. God bless you, Leo. We're playing improved basketball of, of late. Also shake my head with the tip slander on a win. Coach 20 years and one coach of the year twice. And I just want to give a shout out. Um, so I've saved Chris Herring's book, Blood in the Garden, um, for my, my break, which I'm on right now, purposefully. Because I wanted to dig into it in like a few sittings over the course of a few days. I picked it up today or maybe yesterday, yesterday or today. And I'm 50 pages in already. Can't put it down. Amazing. Utterly amazing. And the part of the book that I've gotten through so far is basically detailing Pat Riley's first season as Knicks coach. And it's so interesting because obviously we think of Pat Riley as a god here for what he did with the team before he left for Miami and became um, a villain. And like reading it, there was a lot of like, you know, interesting stuff. And, you know, when Riley made some decisions and didn't always work out and like pissed some people off and like, you know, they, there was some stuff with Mark Jackson that got Mark Jackson traded. And I don't want to spoil the book. I would encourage everybody to order it and read it when it, when it comes out. Um, you know, there's some stuff that got Mark Jackson traded away. Uh, Riley couldn't get through to Mark Jackson. Uh, it would seem based on, again, what's detailed in the book. Uh, this stuff is hard because it's X's and O's, yes, but you're dealing with with human beings and people. And, like, that shit is complicated and hard. And, again, that's why I have more sympathy than almost anyone for the job that Tibbs has to do especially in an environment and in a situation that has taken coach of the year winner after coach of the year winner after coach of the year winner and hall of famer after hall of famer after hall of famer and absolutely chewed them up and spit them out. There is something that is very difficult about coaching in this city with this spotlight on you at all times and with this pressure. And the only guy that's ever been able to do it, um, was a was a was a man who got blessed to have a team. I, I don't need to. I don't mean to go off on this tangent, but let's just call it like it is. He was blessed to have a team with five future Hall of Famers, um, and probably the smartest basketball team ever assembled. And um, 
you know, it's really hard to win in New York. This franchise has sucked for most of its existence. <laughs> Uh, Patrick Ewing wanted to be traded. Uh, I, I shouldn't spoil that part of the book, but I'll just say it. Patrick Ewing wanted to be traded when Pat Riley was hired. He, the, His first meeting with Pat Riley, um, he handed Riley a list of teams. He's like, here's the teams I want to go to. And you know why he did that? Again, shout out to Chris Herring. This book's fucking amazing because he had no faith in the ability of this organization to ever win games. He was that down on the organization. And he's it's just one story of 75 years worth of stories um, about a team that has oftentimes not been able to get out of its own way. It's really hard to win in New York and get things right in New York with the spotlight and with the attention. Because when guys get good, attention they get the attention and they get the accolades and they get everything. And then it creates other issues. And I think we're seeing that with Julius Randle right now, perhaps. Um, again, I don't envy I don't envy Tibbs and um We'll see. We'll see how he does the rest of this year. Um, lots of action in the super chat. Uh, okay. CT Pittman back for more. Thank you, CT, as always. Um, and the Obi minutes issue is not an issue at all. As soon as the game was over, Obi was the first player to go over and hug Tibbs. It's a Knicks Twitter issue. Yeah, no, it's a definitely a Knicks Twitter issue. And it's a, it's again, it's a valid one. Varunsky's take, John, gun to your head. If Randall tears his ACL, I, I just want to say I hope to God Randall does not tear his ACL and he's out for the year. Do you think we wind up with a better record than otherwise? He's the worst player in the NBA this season, given his 27% usage. He's not the worst player in the NBA this season. You could argue that he's the most one of the more detrimental players in the NBA this season. Um, do we end up with a better record? So if I just take Julius Randall out of the equation, is this team better for the rest of the year? than they will be if Randall stays healthy. Well, the fact that I need to sit here and think about it is telling. Um, I think he'll be better than he has been. So my answer is going to be no. But if you're, if you're asking me to just be honest and say, like, is there sitting here right now, is there a part of me that just wishes they could watch this exact roster without Julius Randle for the rest of the year? Of course. And, like, I'm sure there are some Nick fans who will get on me for saying that and say all kinds of nasty shit. Um, but, again, I'm just being honest that there is a part of me that would be extremely intrigued by what that would look like. Um, do I think they'd be better, though? You know, again, OB, OB um, I wrote about it, whatever it was, a couple weeks ago, like, Everything Obi does is is off of the guards. Obi, although I shouldn't even say that because he had a fucking amazing move tonight, that up and under um, at the rim, which was as gorgeous a thing as any Nick player has done on a finish, a self-created finish this year. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'd be curious to see what it'll look like. I'll tell you that much. Uh... Pastor Claudio's Obi Hive, the best name in the super chat. What would Pat Riley do about Randall? Hashtag free Obi. What would Pat Riley do about Randall? My goodness. I know he wouldn't bench him. Definitely wouldn't bench him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good answer to that question. Maybe by the time I'm done reading the book, I'll have a better answer. I don't have an answer, though, right now. But I do know from what I've read thus far, 
it seems pretty clear that Riley Riley knew the his first step as coach of the Knicks was to get Ewing on board. Now Ewing was Ewing's one of the greatest players of all time. That you didn't you didn't really need to fix Patrick Ewing, that he was a godsend to the city. Um Randall right now is just awful. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he would be going to the front office and asking them to, to try to uh, trade him. Maybe. Emil Bumansor. I hate that Obi gets benched after two back-to-back mistakes. It's like Tibbs ignores every good thing he does and zones in on the mistakes. I, I don't think it's quite that simple, but I do think Tibbs does key in on the mistakes. I don't think he ignores the good stuff. Um Again, I think it's a process thing. And I think he, Tibbs, in the fourth quarter in particular, fears certain types of mistakes being exploited. Um, again, though, that doesn't excuse, that doesn't excuse what Randall does. Does Randall try a little bit harder in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I think he does. Um, for the most part, but at the same time, like when was the, when was the Mike Breen um, moment in this game where Breen was like, is, is, uh, is Randall hurt when he just fucking died on the vine attempting to guard the screen? Um, that was in the fourth quarter with seven minutes left. So yeah, it's just, that's the, I think that's the thing that like that play that's exhibit a for, the stuff that drives you nuts. I'm watching it literally right now. It's just, there's just no effort. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with Randall, but I know Tibbs is trying to get him right. It's not working. Um, Brian Benjamin, you stand by your convictions. John, I respect that. I appreciate that, Brian. Thank you. Um, CT Pittman back for more. You're, you're the man CT. We appreciate it so much. Um, also got to cut the team some slack. Practicing in a hotel is not ideal either. Yeah, uh, just real quick, Berman had that, that they, you know, were following league recommendations and they didn't practice today. Uh, so, you know, maybe that's why they're a little sluggish, um, which is what the Knicks had to do because of the COVID protocols. Yeah, good good call, CT. Thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate it. I had forgotten about that. Um. And I think we got one more from Kevin Danishevsky. We Kevin started it. Kevin ends it. Why is it so hard to win in New York but not in L.A.? It's a great question, Kevin. Um, I I I also think it's a Knicks specific thing. <laughs> if I'm being honest, um, I think it's different in L.A. Like people don't. You know, there's so much stuff to distract people in Los Angeles. I'm like, yeah, there's a fervent Laker fan base. But, like, I think the microscope is different in New York. I think the microscope is different in New York. And I think you look at the franchises in this in this city that have done well. And it's obviously the Yankees have done well, right? Um why do the Yankees do well? Because, well, the Yankees had a lot of best players. Um, then again, the Yankees spent more money than God for most of the last 20 years, and they won one one championship. I, I, I don't know. That's a much longer conversation, and I don't have the answers, but I think it's an interesting one. Um, but I do think 
it's impossible to look. And I, I'm going to focus in purely, not only actually, not even on the coaching, but like you look at some of the talent that this team has had, the Knicks have had over the course of their history. And I, I'm like very cognizant of this because I've, I'm doing the, you know, doing these top 75 Knicks list. And like, you look at the guy, like the Knicks of the late seventies had, they had Bob McAdoo, two time MVP and a two time runner up, you know, and like Spencer Haywood and like they had other talented guys on, on those teams and it just didn't work at all. You know, in the eighties you had, you know, Michael Ray Richardson and like, you had some like interesting talented teams there, like Bill Cartwright, like, and yeah, they won, they would win 50 games here and 50 games there. And like, you know, Rick Pitino would have a moment and like UB Brown would have a moment. You know, Mike Woodson had a moment. It's just, it never sustains. It never, ever sustains. Only when they had Ewing did it sustain. And even that period of time was incredibly rocky when you look back on it. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't really have a great answer. Um, Pastor Claudio's Obi Hive. Playing in New York is like getting a media colonoscopy. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty well said. Pretty well said. Indeed. So I don't know. All I know is I know everybody wants to, uh, to be very, very, very mad at Tibbs and that's okay. Um, but I still like him as the coach of this team and I still believe in him and I still believe he is the best coach for this team for the time being. Maybe his act runs stale at some point, and I hope that I'll be the one to acknowledge that if and when it does. But I don't think that day is—I don't think that day is today. All right. Uh, on that note, I'm going to sign off. This has been great. Thank you, everybody, for your contributions. I'm sorry that I don't agree with everybody tonight, but you know, got to do what I got to do. And uh, I will see you tomorrow after the game. And then I think the plan right now is to go live on New Year's Eve. I can't promise that I'm going to be live. For that long on New Year's Eve, uh, we'll see what my wife has to say about that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, definitely be with you tomorrow. And then, um, yeah, so hopefully we get another win. All right. Peace out, guys.